As you may have noticed, it's now the second day of June, and we have already seen companies tripping over themselves to post their commitment to the most holy group. Also, we have Joe Biden falling off the stage before getting into Air Force One, and you can see here that Secret Service is running over to him to see if he's actually still alive. That's what's so worrisome about the age of our president. One bad fall and he's dead. Also in the news, we have Chick-fil-A hiring a DEI president. What does this tell you about Chick-fil-A? I'll tell you all of this and more on today's episode. Facts over facts over tracks is a mess, spitting slow, spitting fast. I could roast, I could gas, think I'm okay at last, but I don't know if that can erase all the past. Starting off, we have the Chick-fil-A situation. For some of you that didn't already know, Chick-fil-A has been woke for years now, but we are just now realizing this simple fact. Let's start from the beginning. A couple years ago, the CEO of Chick-fil-A cleaned the shoes of a black person on stage with him because quote, white people oppress black people, and we owe them a lot more than just that. He also gave a cleaning kit to every single operator of a Chick-fil-A so they can polish the shoes of unsuspecting random black people. It's like the sneak attack of your life, but instead of being scared, you're just confused and sick to your stomach with a secondhand embarrassment case. Just imagine it now. You're a black person in America, and you just walked into a Chick-fil-A for a chicken sandwich. Instead of that, you get a white teenager running towards you with polish in his hand as he targets your feet and starts touching your shoes as you're waiting in line. Yes, that's a horrible situation. Who wants to sit there and touch a random person's feet? That's gross, first of all. But, you know, second of all, let's get back into the point. The DEI president is going to make sure that this company is going to hire many lesbian, gay, and bisexual people because of the fact that they want to fire straight white people to make room for them. It's horrible that Chick-fil-A would let this happen, but it's not entirely Chick-fil-A's fault. It's the fault of the people that control the NASDAQ. The people in charge of this stock exchange make sure that every company that is publicly traded follows a set of rules that not only mandates DEI in the, wor in the workplace, but actively monitors the score of businesses on the exchange. Another reason why I don't entirely blame Chick-fil-A is because they don't want to lose out on the investment money from their investors. They know that major asset managers will comply with these regulations set by the NASDAQ and will invest accordingly. The three biggest asset managers that are out right now are BlackRock, Vanguard, and Fidelity. These companies get to control $11 trillion of asset, which means that 90% of the S&P 500 is controlled directly by these companies. Talk about a monopoly. That's why these companies are so worried about upsetting these fidelity, these uh, stock asset managers, because they don't want to lose their money with them. They don't want to make their stock plummet. This is very dangerous for America because we can't just let companies sell things. They instead have to put a political agenda down our throat. It's sad, but the only way to fix the problem is to sign legislation against it. That's why these politicians need to actually wake up and grow a set of balls to start pushing legislation in laws against this very thing. With that being said, let's dig into the headlines of the week. Starting off, we actually have a saga with Twitter. So, Twitter cancels a deal with the Daily Wire to stream what is a woman over misgendering will label film as hateful conduct. 
So D- Daily Wire CEO, co-CEO Jeremy Boring revealed Thursday that Twitter canceled a deal with the conservative media company to stream its hit documentary, What is a Woman, for free on the social media platform due to misgendering. After Elon Musk's takeover of the social media platform and his promised dedication to free speech, the Daily Wire sought a deal to stream Matt Walsh's What is a Woman on Twitter for the documentary's one-year anniversary. Initially, Twitter responded at the... Uh, enthusiastically to the idea, even offering the Daily Wire a package to purchase a whole page for Twitter users to view the film. Boring said, that changed after the platform asked to view a screening of the film. Quote, after receiving the film, though, Twitter let us know that not only could we no longer purchase the package they offered, they would no longer provide us any support and would actually limit the reach of the film and label it as hateful conduct. Because of, quote, misgendering, Boring said in a tweet thread explaining Twitter's reversal, quote, specifically in the film, a father refers to his 14-year-old daughter as her, and a store owner uses a, quote, wrong pronoun in a confrontation with a transgender woman, Boring continued. The groundbreaking documentary released last summer was watched by people in over 70 countries, even as legacy media reviewers ignored the film and its effect on the culture. Soon after its release, What is a Woman became the most watched movie at home, according to Rotten Tomatoes, which also showed the audience's score of the film with a 97% rating. The documentary arguably sparked the movement to protect children from the harmful effects of sex change procedures following the film's release of Walsh's subsequent rallies in events speaking out about the tragic consequences of so-called gender-affirming care. At least a dozen states have banned transgender surgeries on minors. Twitter, which was taken over by Musk last year, seemed to be on the perfect the perfect place to celebrate the film's success and give more people an opportunity to view it for free. Last week, Daily Wire began streaming all of its shows on the platform after censorship campaigns from YouTube and TikTok targeted Daily Wire's hosts. But despite the recent changes at Twitter, Boring said the company fell back into its old ways when pressed on the reason of labeling what is a woman as hateful conduct. Quote, quote, we reminded Twitter they removed misgendering from their policy, that the term misgendering itself is misleading, and that enforcing such a policy places them on the side of the most radical elements in society, the side most oppressed to the commitment to free speech. The Daily Wire co-CEO tweeted, Twitter Twitter clarified that they only removed misgendering from their policy because they didn't need to be that specific, but they they still consider misgendering abuse and harassment. They gave us the opportunity to edit the film to comply, and we declined. Quote, we... When we asked them how much they would limit the visibility if we posted the film anyway, Twitter replied that our own followers would not be able to see it in their feeds. They, this, they said, is part of their speech not reach policy. Musk, who re- received constant criticism from the left after buying Twitter, named Linda Yarkino an NBC Universal ex- executive and World Economic Forum official as the company's new CEO earlier this month, a move that worried conservatives who had high hopes for Twitter, would offer both sides of the political spectrum a fair medium of debate. Musk is not beholden to conservatives, and he has the right to run his business as he sees fit. But Twitter is going to throttle one side of the most important debates facing society, and it cannot claim to champion free speech. Boring said, I hope Musk will reconsider this terrible policy. So, and 
And I completely agree. Elon Musk should reconsider this policy and he should be ashamed that he made a CEO, the CEO of Twitter that does not even know that free speech in America means free speech in America. In that when Twitter is the public forum for people to have a public square where they like to talk amongst themselves, that is our freedom of speech. First Amendment protects the, fr the town square. You cannot restrict me from saying things at the public square. See, Twitter is the public square of the 21st century. That's arguably the excuse here. So why are we banning things on Twitter in 2021 after Elon Musk took over? Elon Musk, you need to respond right now. Oh, wait, I think we have a response by him. We actually have a response by Elon Musk. Wow. According to the Daily Wire, Elon Musk responds to Twitter canceling deal to stream What is a Woman? A mistake by many people at Twitter. Twitter owner Elon Musk responded on Thursday to news that his company is reportedly canceling a deal with the Daily Wire to stream What is a Woman and said that it was a mistake by many people at Twitter. After Elon Musk's takeover on the social media platform, he promised that his dedication to free speech, the Daily Wire sought a deal to stream Matt Walsh's What is a Woman on Twitter for the documentary's one-year anniversary. Initially, Twitter responded enthusiastically to the idea. I already read this after reviewing the thing. Yeah, specifically. Yeah, Musk. Okay, boom. Okay, so she, he. this is his response right here. It is definitely allowed, he said. Whether you do not... Or do you agree using somebody's prefer someone's preferred pronouns, not doing so, is at most rude and certainly breaks no laws. That's it. I should note that I do personally use someone's preferred pronouns just as I use somebody's prefer preferred name, simply from the standpoint of good manners, he continued. However, for the same reason, I object to rude behavior, abstraction, or threats of violence if the wrong pronoun or name is used. Exactly. So I completely agree because he's trying to walk in the middle of the street. He doesn't want to go too far to one side, too far to the other side. But you know what I say, or Michael Knowles says, because I do watch the Michael Knowles show. If you stand in the middle of the road, you're going to get hit by a car. Don't stand in the middle of the road. You need to pick a side. Elon Musk, just pick a side. Listen, if you're going to go along with somebody's made up pronouns, Zizer, Zinza, then you're going to just make yourself a fool because you're going to sit here and you're going to say, did you see what Z said? Did you hear what Z said? Like what? No, we're not going to go along with these made up pronouns. We're going to go by he or she. Okay. Or if you're many people like two or three people, we're going to say they or them. It's very simple. Very, very simple. Boring responded to Elon Musk and said, I appreciate the reply. We posted the two clips flagged by Twitter and they were indeed labeled hateful conduct and the share functions were disabled on the posts. Quote, we are trying to reach your team to determine what this means for those posts, whether or not our event tonight will be allowed to proceed unencumbered. Un un Quote, we are trying to reach your team to determine what this means for those posts, whether or not our event tonight will be allowed to proceed or whether or not we will be allowed to purchase the live event page and reach block as originally agreed. He continued, I appreciate your view of polite behavior, but our business is to debate public policy and philosophic, philosophic, philosophy, philosophy. As such, we have an obligation to speak in ways con consistent with our opposition and our position. Our hope is that Twitter remains a place where we are free to do so, he concluded. The groundbreaking documentary, okay, 
You know, I, I completely agree. So I hope that Elon Musk takes it upon himself to say, no, I'm going to override the decision that you guys made without my permission, and we're going to stream this today. Because the Daily Wire is going ahead and streaming this. I mean, we're, we're, they're going ahead and streaming it. So if you're watching this on the Friday, which is the day that I posted, hopefully we know already um, if they did actually go ahead and put this live event, according to both of the articles I just read, they are supposed to still have this event, but of course, anything can change in the meantime, and obviously you guys are um, in the future. So let me just see here if I can see anything. They did post, yeah, so let me see on Twitter if I can see anything. Yeah, I just don't know if, yeah, I just don't know if this is actually still happening. It's supposed to happen at 7.30 p.m. ET, which it is currently at the time of filming this, 7.14 p.m. ET. So actually before the end of this video we're going to actually find out if this act event actually took place so i'm very excited so we about we have about t minus 15 minutes until they go live so let's see what happens i'm i'm just excited for them i want to see if actually twitter goes through and bans them or they don't ban them and we allow free speech on twitter once again but with that being said let's dig into the headlines of the or we just did the headlines of the week let's dig into the median stakes so starting off, we have a CNN article. White House says Biden is fine after tripping on a sand bag and falling on stage at Air Force Academy commitment. Like, what are you doing? How do you trip on a on a bag? Like, what? Wh how is this even happening? President Joe Biden tripped on a sandbag as he felt as he completed handing out diplomas at the United States Air Force Academy commitment in Colorado on Thursday. Biden appeared fine afterwards, walking without assistance to his seat in the stands. He was seen smiling and jogging towards the vehicle at the ceremony's conclusion. The White House said that the president was fine after the fall. The symbol began as Biden was jogging away from the center stage, where earlier he'd deliver a commitment address to his academy graduates. He spent more than 90 minutes handing out diplomas and congratulating hundreds of candidates. Wow, look at you, 90 minutes doing something? See, I just worked for eight hours, and now I'm doing this. So it's like what is 90 minutes? Congratulations, you just did something for 90 minutes straight. Does that mean that I get to fall off the stage now? Oh my God, I just fell. Like I just worked 90 minutes. Wow, oh my God, congratulations. An hour and a half of your life would just meant handing out diplomas. Congratulations. Moving to the next article, we actually have an MSNBC article. Green's promise of January 6th footage should make Jem Dems giddy. With political dunces like Margie Taylor Greene atop the GOP Democrats ought to feel confident about their electoral, electrical chances heading into the 2024. Rep Margie Taylor Greene's giddy social media posts about releasing more January 6 footage could be some of the best news Democrats got all week. As malicious as Georgia, Georgia Republican tends to be, I have to imagine Democrats feel fairly confident in their electoral chances with her steering the Republican Party agenda, or at least helping dictate its focus in the lead up to the 2024 elections. Listen, nobody cares about January 6th anymore. The only reason why she wants to release more footage is because you guys are the one that keeps bringing it up. Even in debates with the CNN town hall and Donald Trump, we actually saw it firsthand, all of the things that you guys were doing to attack him. 
or tried to attack him. Of course, we saw that Republicans don't even care. On Wednesday, Green claimed that the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has given two right-wing pundits and a third outlet what she described as an unfettered access to th thousands of hours of video footage obtained by McCarthy, she tweeted. Having deja vu moment, you may remember McCarthy previously released January 6th footage to then Fox News host Tucker Carlson, who tried to downplay the threat posed by rioters by cherry-picking parts that didn't show the violence. Okay, but you guys don't realize that in the segment, Tucker Carlson said that this person was let in by Capitol Police, which he showed in the footage. Of course, when you're trying to tell a story, you focus around that story. You don't go and say, well, this did happen, but you know, at the same exact time as this happening, well, this was happening. Like, no, what are you talking about? No, he was focusing on the corn man on January 6th, and he was seen let in by Capitol Police. He was seen guided around the Capitol building, and he was actually seen praying for the Capitol Police for letting him in. So it's like, what are you guys talking about? Nope, does not even know. Moving into the next article, we actually have a Daily Wire article. We have Texas lawmakers advance school safety bill requiring mental health training, armed security on campuses. And this is an excellent thing because we need more security on campuses. Texas state lawmakers advanced a public school safety bill on Sunday requiring certain district employees to undergo mental health training in all campuses to staff at least one armed security guard during regular school hours. Both campus chambers passed House Bill 3, just more than a year after a lone gunman killed 19 children and two teachers in Uvalde, Texas Elementary School, the third deadliest mass shooting in American history. It's time to act. Rep. King Ken King, re Republican from a Republican, said, according to the Texas Tribune, we need to prevent the next Uvalde. King and other Texas state representatives praised the bill, while Democratic lawmakers signaled concerns over budget issues and providing armed security and school grounds. The potential for dangerous consequences is staggering. Okay, so what do you think is happening with these armed security guards? Do you think that they're just sitting there, boom, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh my God, I can't even control this gun right now. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. No, that's not how guns work. You sit there, you have to take it out of your your holster you have to reload the gun you need to load the gun you need to take the safety off and then you need to shoot the gun these are many steps to prevent accidents from happening that's exactly why these mass shooters just go with it already loaded it's time to act okay so i already read that i already read this so the sweeping measure includes several protocols and other preventions to protect students staff and facility from active shooter threats across the lone star state according to the bill peace officers School resource officers, school marshals, or school district employees could qualify as armed security guards for each campus. The measure would require a school employee with in who interact with children regularly to complete an evidence-based mental health first aid training program. The bill grants the Texas Education Agency authority to create safety and security departments, conduct annual vulnerability assessments on every school campus and requires an agency to notify parents of violent activity. The bill would also require regional safety teams to conduct an on-site gen general intruder detection audits of school districts' campuses annually. The, de 
Texas School Safety Center, a think tank at the Texas State University, would conduct a review every five years to ensure the best practices and security measures for campuses. And I completely agree. This is exactly something that we should do every single year, if it was in my opinion. Oh, compared to last year, how safe were we? Okay, so if we're doing this, this, and this good, let's do this, this, and this to improve on that. And let's do this, this, and this, and this to improve on that, 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 and that. This is exactly what we need. Evidence-based protocols and solutions to problems that we have. Country sheriff departments in areas with fewer than 350,000 people must hold an semi-annual meetings to discuss school safety and law enforcement response to violent incidents. According to the Tribune, law enforcement must also ensure all radio communications properly work following the chaotic, uncoordinated scene when nearly 400 authorities from different agencies responded to the school shooting in Uvalde. This is a huge win for safety of our children, Rep. Carrie is a Republican from Dripping Springs said, according to the Tribune, House Bill 3 now heads to Governor Governor Greg Abbott's desk for signature, and he better sign off on this because I swear to God, this is exactly what Texas needs. Moving on to the next article, we actually have Twilight star Rachel Levar whines about Target moving pride collection says that she has a non-binary seven-year-old. You cannot have a non-binary seven-year-old. You're just insane. Let's watch the video here. Okay, next. Target and the... So I just walked into Target and the... Right behind me here where you see all these lovely swimsuits. That's where the pride display used to be. And I came in here two days ago and my seven-year-old who's non-binary saw it. Your seven-year-old cannot be non-binary. That's you forcing an agenda down the throat of your child. Ed, look mom, it's pride. Look, they're gonna celebrate me. Why are you wanting to celebrate your child not on their birthday? Not on your child's birthday. Why are you not focusing on the greater world? Why are you not focusing on everyone else? Why are you just specifically focusing on your child and saying, celebrate me, celebrate me. You're gonna grow up to be a narcissist. And because some people complained and- Why uh, the alligator tears? Why the alligator tears when it comes to this aspect? No, people are complaining because of the fact that they're targeting the children as what you did with your child. Threw some stuff to the ground or I don't know what happened. Nobody threw anything to the ground. We simply complained that we are being targeted and our children are being sexually indoctrinated into a a perverse ideology that damages them long term. Move to the pride section to the back of the store. Okay, so you're crying with your alligator tears and you're complaining and whining because of the fact you need to walk 10 more feet to see your stupid little pride collection. So the next time my seven-year-old comes to Target... You don't want to walk with him to the end of the store, but instead you must complain about it not being in the same spot. Or rather, I can't bring them here anymore, at least for the entire month of June. Okay, so you're just not going to bring your son here for June. What's going to happen in July? Are you going to go to Target again? So what are you going to do in the meantime? Go to Wally World? Hmm? Go to Amazon.com? Hmm? You're going to still shop. It doesn't matter. Everyone's going to have the same exact pride collection. Because if they walk in and all the other people who walk in can go, where'd it go? It doesn't matter where it went. It went to the back of the store. You don't just want to walk back there and to see, oh, they're celebrating me. Walk to the back of the store and see it. Are going to realize that they are being successful in trying to erase them. 
nobody's erasing anybody. We're just saying that there's no reality with people living a perverse ideology that makes no sense at all and is not grounded in facts. Instead, it's grounded in merely opinions and feelings about one's gender or I guess a gender. And instead of them actually going along with what they actually are, they instead are being a narcissist and expecting everybody else to go along with what they say that they are instead of what they actually are. We could do so much better than this. We're not supposed to negotiate with the terrorists. So what do you mean terrorists? Okay, so first of all, we always negotiate with terrorists. When it comes down to hostage situations, we always negotiate with the hostage taker because of the fact that we want those hostages back. We always negotiate with the hostage or the hostage taker. Now, when it comes to this aspect, when it comes to other aspects, like you're calling the the people, the conservatives that care about children, terrorists. They are definitely not terrorists because they are, they are having compassion and empathy for their child for not getting indoctrinated for this perverse ideology that cuts off their healthy penises off of young males and cuts the healthy breasts off of healthy young girls and also cuts the forearm off of women to make a fake penis that's attached to their they are now filled in whole, which is a perverse, perverse thing to actually, to actually say out loud because it is perverse and it is a disturbing thing that we do in society. Now, I think that we need to just, um, instead of just reading this, we already watched the main part of this. So what we are going to do is it's about that time. It is 7.28 p.m. EST. So let me see if I can find... Okay, so I'm currently trying to join the Twitter space now. And if I was to show you what I'm actually seeing, we can see that the Twitter spaces is actually not letting me join. I'm clicking on the Daily Wire space right now, as you can see, because I do have a screen recording of my phone and you, it's just not letting you into the space. You can see here the pinned tweet, Jeremy Boring will be leading a conversation about this tonight at 7 p.m. ET. As you can tell, it's 7.32. So this means that ET, Eastern Time, I'm on Eastern Time, it's not working. So I already set a reminder for this and I was also not notified. So the link is just not working. And then if you go, oh, actually, okay, you can actually start listening now. All right, Jeremy Boring here, God King, lowercase g, lowercase k, over at The Daily Wire. This is our first time to host uh, a Twitter space and so as can be expected, presidential announcements may ensue. Uh, the website may crash from the <laughs> sheer number of people who are anxious to hear what we have to say. Of course. We are here today uh, in a really peculiar moment. We don't know what's going to happen uh, during the course of this live stream event. And the reason we don't know what's going to happen is because we've gotten very mixed messages out of Twitter for the last week and particularly uh, over the course of the day today. But we're here for uh, a very important reason, and that's to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the launch of Matt Walsh's seminal documentary, What is a Woman? I have uh, joining me today all of your friends from The Daily Wire, including, of course, the man of the hour, Mr. Matt Walsh. Uh, also with us, Ben Shapiro, Michael Knowles, Candace Owens, Dr. Jordan Peterson, and beaming in all the way from Washington, D.C., some guy named Andrew Clavin. <laughs> We're going to talk attack him. about the movie, so about the impact that the movie has had over this last year, which has really been tremendous. We're also going to talk about the events of the last 24 hours and the last week 
to give you more insight into what's been going on with Twitter, even what's gone on in the last hour uh, with Twitter has been really remarkable, very confusing, very mixed signals. As I said, none of us are entirely sure how it's going to end. Uh, But at stake is, I would say, nothing less than whether or not conservatives will have uh, a voice on any major tech platform platform in the country, whether or not Twitter will actually be, as it has promised to be since Elon first purchased it, uh, a home for freedom of speech uh, online, a place where both sides of the most important debates of our time can take place, or, or is it not? And it's funny, we didn't expect when we first decided to, to have this uh, event this evening. Of course, we had no idea that the stakes would be this high. We thought we were just coming together to celebrate Matt's important documentary on this milestone. It's one year anniversary, but it's, it's obviously become something much more than that. And we shouldn't be surprised. And that's because the movie, What is a Woman?, has been an incredibly important conversation starter. It's been incredibly important in the culture since the moment one year ago when it launched. You know, for The Daily Wire, without question, the most successful piece of content that we've ever released, not only monetarily because of, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who have supported the film, uh, who've paid to become Daily Wire plus members in order to engage with the content culturally. I think no no piece of entertainment produced by anyone in the last decade has done more to shape the national conversation or impact the culture uh, as this film has. And politically, truly, laws have changed in states all over the country in direct response to those conversations that were stirred up by Matt's movie. To give you a tiny bit of background on how we came to be here, uh, Matt first pitched the idea of this documentary, you know, back in 2021. And I thought it sounded like a really good idea. I knew that there would be an audience for it. But what I wasn't sure about was whether or not we would be able to pull it off. From the very beginning, when Ben and I first went into business together, people have asked us to make documentaries. They'll say, oh, you guys are from LA or, oh, you've done some you know, small stuff out in Hollywood. Why don't you make documentaries? And my answer is always the same, which is I don't know how to make documentaries. They're very, very hard. People think that if you're in the movie business, you know how to make a documentary, but it's actually quite the opposite. Being in the movie business is really being good at following instructions. The instruction being the well-constructed script that someone hands you, that tells you on every single day exactly what it is that you're supposed to point your camera at and exactly what the people uh, at whom you point that camera are likely to say. When you make a documentary, you know nothing going in. You know your expectations about the world. Many of those expectations will be thwarted. You have no idea how many days it will take to shoot it. No idea what any human will say when you point the camera at them without a script. You really are going off on a great adventure without a map. And while I knew that Matt was a very talented uh, host, while I knew that he was a very funny writer and performer, I had no idea if we'd be capable of pulling this off. Uh, but we constructed a great team led by Justin Folk, the director, and Matt's n- amazing deadpan, his tenacity, uh, and his just unwillingness to compromise on the quality. And we produced what I think is, again, one of the most important pieces of content that we will probably Not to really Matt. mute the God King, but I do want to say for a second... What is a woman is really worth the watch because I did watch it and it's very, very entertaining. It's a very entertaining piece of content and I do recommend everybody to watch it if you're not just going to watch it on the Twitter spaces, but I do recommend it if you do want to see a documentary that outlines the dangers of transgenderism on child- not only children, but on polite society in general. And if you give me one second, I'm going to unmute you. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when we uh, when we first conceived the idea for this film, um, 
you know, we, we knew that we knew it was the kind of movie that, that, that needs to be made. Uh, we need to engage on this, on this topic. Uh, and then once we, once we started filming it, it's one of those, uh, I think really satisfying occasions when you're doing something creatively where, you know, you're, you're working on it and you know, while you're doing it, that it's, that it is working, that it's, that it's going to be something special. Um, and we knew that, you know, we knew that the entire time. Um, and I think a big, a big key in that was our, uh, commitment, <clears throat> our commitment to, just letting the other, you know, letting people talk. And, and I think once we, once we actually got out into the field and we were talking to some of these uh, so-called experts and, you know, the people that are actually mutilating kids and so on, uh, it was, there was, there was really a temptation to just start yelling at them and arguing with them. But we had to pull ourselves back because we knew that, you know, anyone can do that. Then it's just sort of a podcast in the form of a documentary. What will make this different is if we actually let them talk. And if gender ideology is going to hang itself, it'll hang itself by its own, by its own words. And, and that's, I think, how it works out. Um, and so we knew it was special of, of the impact it would have, you know, uh, culturally or even in my own life. Um, and I think one of the best testaments to the, to the effectiveness of the film it has, has been, you know, it hasn't all been negative. Of course, we've heard from a lot of people that have been really uh, touched by the film and, and motivated by it and moved by it, which I think is great. Uh, but also the left, the left response to it has just been, I, I don't think any of, any of us could, could have quite been prepared for that. And I've talked before about, you know, needing 24-hour armed security in my house because of the movie, which is, it's not an exaggeration. That's actually what, what has had to happen. Um, and I think we've learned that that um, you know on the left they are they, they can't fight they can't fight fair on on probably on any issue but in particular on on this issue and I, I think it's because they know that uh, that they'll be that they'll be easily exposed by their own words they know that the defending is basically insane um, and so all they can do is suppress and threaten and all the rest of it which we've had to deal with uh, over the last year. Yeah, one of the unique. Uh, aspects of my job is that I actually get to sit in the weekly security briefing for the Daily Wire and see all the threats against each and every one of you. And the threats, Matt, against you over this last year have been so specific. And what's been truly shocking to me, not only their specificity, not only people posting photos of your home, which has an unlisted address, so they're actually having to do a little sleuth work, drive over, take pictures of your private residence, not only the very specific threats that they make against you, uh, but also the unwillingness of law enforcement in many cases to take those threats seriously. They basically have given us a, you know, boys will be boys kind of answer. Like, oh, people on the internet uh, just routinely take pictures of people's front porches and say they're going to murder their children. It's been uh, one of the more disheartening aspects of this whole process. And, and by this whole process, I really mean the entire adventure since founding the Daily Wire. I mean, there have been always been security concerns, always been threats, nothing like what we've seen. Before we dive off into all of that. Well, that's exactly because of the fact that they tell the truth. You tell the truth and they want to kill you for it they are very curious about it obviously elon musk paid 44 billion dollars and gave us a promise as a as a country that he was going to use it as a platform to help restore the idea of freedom of speech he saw what was happening on other tech platforms who were being incredibly heavy-handed in censoring one side of the debate demonetizing throttling shadow banning outright banning you know we've seen conservatives by the way many conservatives who i with whom i disagree vehemently about many issues Nevertheless, we've seen people be almost depersoned, lose their bank accounts, their access to travel, their access to you know, Airbnb, their access to Uber, really almost unforgivable heavy handedness from these tech oligarchs. And Elon came uh, into this space with a real promise that he was going to help do something about that and that Twitter would become a corrective to it. And obviously that can't be accomplished in a single day. There's a lot of institutional uh, challenges, I'm sure, at Twitter. Nevertheless, it was incredibly surprising to us. Uh, to find ourselves in this position on this project. What happened is uh, over the last two months, we began engaging with Twitter about the idea of premiering What is a Woman today, June 1st, on its one-year anniversary for free for 24 hours on Twitter. It was our way of 
uh, A, saying thank you to all the people who have supported the film. And one of the ways that you thank people who support a project like this is to make sure that more people get to engage with it. Everyone who uh, has come to us to support this movie does so because they want people to hear this message. They want people engaged in the conversation. Obviously, we have a business to run. We're not a nonprofit. Uh, we have to make money off of our content. But it seemed appropriate to us to open it up on this occasion for as many people to see it for free as possible. But plainly, you can't do that on Twitter or on, excuse me, on YouTube, who less than a month ago, Matt, basically said that your channel was too mean to Dylan Mulvaney uh, and therefore was subjected to these manual review processes, demonetized and, and threatened. Uh, obviously, you can't do it on Facebook. Obviously, you can't do it on any of these traditional platforms. Nope. And so we thought, well, Elon's made real promises about freedom of speech. We're going to take him up on it. We're going to go premiere the film on Twitter. Twitter was excited to hear it. They offered to sell us a package for mid-six figures. A package that would allow us to not only uh, premiere the movie, live stream the movie, but have a special event page on which to do it that would make the viewing experience better for every person who wanted to watch it. And part of the package is that they would give us heightened reach for the first 10 hours. We'd be paying for the opportunity to have everyone who used Twitter during the first 10 hours uh, of it being free on the platform would receive some sort of notification or ad to let them know that it was there and give them the opportunity to see it. We were thrilled about that. We gladly signed the I.O., told them we were happy to pay the price, and began working with them on the creation of that event page. Our team went back and forth with them for many weeks, very productively. In fact, that event page still exists. As far as we know today, we can still log into it and see it. All the technical back-end work was done to get it ready to premiere tonight. And then 10 days ago or less, they asked us if they could review the film. Their, their statement to us was, we know that the film will be controversial. We're not worried about that. Uh, we're still all hands on deck. All systems go. But we want to be prepared internally for how to respond to whatever criticism does come our way. It would probably behoove us to have seen the film first so we know exactly what kind of uh, answers we need to give. We happily sent them the screener. They got back to us a day or two later and said, forget everything we just said. Uh, we absolutely are not going to honor the I.O. We absolutely are no longer going to take your money. We're not going to let you use this special event page that we created. Not only that. If you even post the movie yourself, independent of the special page that we worked with you to create, independent of the special reach block that we sold you, we will label it hateful content. We will limit its visibility. We will make sure that people aren't able to share it. And that is part of our speech, not reach policy. We went back to them immediately and said, why? They said, well, there's a bunch of things wrong with the movie, but specifically these two things, two instances of quote unquote misgendering, one of which is so egregious, it's literally a father who is on trial this very day, literally today, in Canada, for calling his own daughter her. Literally. Mm -hmm. He calls his own daughter her on account of his own daughter is his daughter, a female. Uh, and so he, it is now, of course, as we all know, misgendering to appropriately gender uh, yeah, your child. It is. So we told Twitter, not only is this Orwellian, asinine, you know, insane language the very the very term misgendering yep uh, but it's it's also one of the most hotly contested points in our culture today uh, and you are now actively not engaging in free speech if you won't exactly. let us debate this incredibly important issue I, I might add debate it on the side of truth but even if we weren't on the side of truth shouldn't we have the ability if you're if you're going to claim free speech shouldn't we have the ability to debate these issues you should. not only that we also reminded them that they had very publicly removed misgendering exactly they did from their own policies you know only a, a short handful of months ago they replied to us and said well we did remove misgendering as a specific item of our you know safety policy or you know whatever it's called they said but it's still not allowed on the platform what do you what do you mean it's not allowed on the platform yeah. how did you remove misgendering 
as being one of the prohibited, uh, one of the prohibited you know, concepts from your policy, but we still can't do it. And they said, well, we only removed it because we don't need to be that specific because we have a broad policy against hate speech, against harassment, against. So misgendering isn't particular in our particularly in our policy anymore, but it's still generally in our policy in these other places. Uh, so you won't be able to do this. And we said, well, we're going to do it anyway. How much are you going to limit it? You say you're going to limit it, limit its visibility, remove the share button. What does this really mean? And they said, well, if Matt posts it on his own profile, his own followers will not be able to see it. In which this actually not reach. Exactly. We said, does Elon Musk know about this? They said, ultimately, after a few back and backs and forth, yes, Elon was in the room for the decision. Is that true? I have no way of knowing if that's true. If Elon was in a room, what was he told? I have no way of knowing what he was or was not told. How informed was he? I have no idea how informed he may or may not have been. But that's the information that came directly to us, which brings us to today. I put out my 16 tweet thread early this morning, which basically said everything that I just said to you here. Elon responded a few hours later and said this was a mistake by many, many people at Twitter. We're going to do something about it. And yet, as of right this moment, the clips that we posted earlier today are still labeled as hateful conduct. There's still limited visibility. You still have no ability to share them. We have no idea what will happen when we premiere the film immediately following this live space. I want to hear from all of you about what that means. But of course, the person I want to hear from first, Matt, is you. Okay, but if you look at Matt Walsh's Twitter, you can see that it's actively being limited. And I can even see it on Twitter if I go myself that the film is hate speech is, I mean, it's absurd for all the reasons that we know, but especially when you consider that, I mean, the title of the film is a question, and that is actually what we do in the film is we go around asking people questions, and we, we, we listen to, we, we get both sides of the argument. So, so what Twitter is saying is that only on this, on this topic, only one side is allowed to be heard, which is, which is a position just as radical and left-wing and extreme as the old Twitter, I mean, if not arguably more so. Uh, the other thing, too, is that right now we're being told by Elon that it's being fixed. I hope that it is. Uh, there's a lot of evidence that it's not. I mean, as Jeremy mentions, uh, the clip that I posted, as far as I know, right now is still labeled hate speech. Yeah. And you can't share it. and It's being suppressed. I can't even Another see big it. Part of this are the trends. OK, so what is a woman as a trend? Has not, it's not been allowed to trend. It's been blacklisted on the trends list for at least the past year. And we know exactly when it happened because we announced this film when we uh, when we, we put the question, what is a woman in the sky with skywriters during the Women's March last year? And um, and it was it, and the question started trending in that moment, of course. It climbed all the way to the top five. I was watching it happen. And then it disappeared and never reappeared. And this film has been, as Jeremy mentioned, one of the most talked about films, uh, certainly of the year. And, and clips have trended, the film has trended, but, the, but that phrase, the title, has not been allowed to trend. And the same thing happened today. You know, when we first started talking about this, what is a woman was trending and uh, got up to number four, I think, uh, with tens of thousands of retweets. Jeremy's thread had millions of impressions, and then it disappeared from, from trending, which tells us that it's still being blacklisted, um, even, even right now. So the question is, if they, if they allow us to post it and they don't label it hate speech, that's a big question. But even yeah. if they do, are they still going to suppress it in the, in the, in the feed? Are they still, is it, is it still going to be on the blacklist uh, of the trends? You know, these, are all, these are all questions. And so there's a lot, there's a lot that's happening even that we can't see um, that, that's part of this as well. Yeah. Ben, what's at stake here? So what's at stake here is whether there is, as you've said, any sort of free speech platform here at all, or basically whether Twitter, like all the other sort of major tech platforms, has decided that its leadership in cahoots with advertising organizations that have basically decided to blacklist any sort of conservative organization or any organization that refuses to kowtow 
whether that sort of com combination is going to prevent the dissemination of any of these messages. I mean, Matt, you're right. As of literally this moment, I mean, I'm looking at the tweet. The visibility is still limited on the clips that you were posting earlier today. And uh, just so that folks know, you know, Matt, you actually tweeted at Elon and asked if this meant that we could post the, fil the film with full reach and everything else we originally agreed to. And you mentioned the blacklisting and Elon tweeted back at you. And he admitted that it will be, quote unquote, advertising restricted as advertisers have the right to decide what content their ads appear with with, which will impact reach to some degree. I don't know what the hell that means. You don't know what the hell that means. No, no one knows what the hell that means. I don't know what that means. What what exactly does that mean? Advertising restricted, as in if an advertiser appears anywhere on Twitter's feed in some sort of proximity to a tweet from you, and it offends the advertiser, well, that gives the advertisers control over what appears on the platform, which is something that Elon explicitly told Seth Dillon of the Babylon Bee he wouldn't do. He said that the advertisers would not be controlling the content on Twitter that he was in, that, that if he lost money because of that, it's a free speech platform. That's the whole designation. He even said this on the BBC so interview that we all listened to. Suggesting that it will be advertising restricted and that advertisers, by quote unquote, having the right to decide what content their ads appear with, that'll impact the reach on something that you tweet. It should be the opposite. If advertisers don't like appearing next to something that you tweet, well, then presumably their advertisements could be limited in their reach, right? You, Twitter could set it up so exactly. their advertisements don't appear next to your tweet as opposed to the opposite. But instead, it seems as though he's suggesting that they're going to limit the reach of your tweets in deference to advertisers. And, and you do have to wonder how much of this is now being driven by the new CEO who is an advertising Probably. person yep. and who's attempting to drive up revenue. And again, look, Elon, is we, we all have a soft spot for Elon because of him buying Twitter, because he's uh, a really creative and fascinating person. Yeah, he's a busy guy, but that, that, that doesn't mean that there's any excuse for a free speech platform that he, he literally bought this platform in order to reinstate places like the Babylon Bee for saying that men are not women. And in order to restate counts like Jordan's, where Jordan suggested that Elliot Page is a woman because Elliot Page is a woman. And so he was banned from Twitter for that, like permanently. And then Elon reinstated Jordan's Twitter account for that. And now it looks like they're sort of backdooring the same exact restrictions, exactly. except they're doing so by claiming that they are not, they're not restricting speech just reaching Jeremy. You're totally right in your threat. I mean, that's like saying that you have the right to vote, but you don't have the right for that vote to be counted. Exactly. That's right. One of the very strangest moments of the day today is when we reached out to Twitter two hours after Elon first responded to my thread saying, you know, this is a mistake at Twitter and you know, basically implying that it wouldn't be allowed to stand. We called our people back over at Twitter with whom we had made the original deal and said, hey, so are we back on for tonight? And they said, no, uh, we've not heard any internal, uh, we've not heard that there's been any internal decision to change what we've done. And our trust and safety team stands by their decision uh, that the film contains hateful conduct. And we said, well, the owner of the company very publicly just two hours ago tweeted and said it was a mistake. And they said, yes, exactly. and until he tells us that internally, there's absolutely nothing that we can do about it. So I don't know. Obviously, Elon has many businesses, yeah, of many obligations. I don't know what his management style is or how he runs the, the joint, uh, but they certainly were not persuaded that he had uh, that he actually intended for them to do anything other than what he had already done. Candace, how do you read the situation? Well, I'm reading exactly the same, I think, as everybody else is reading it. And I just really want to impress upon people listening to this because obviously it's occurred to me that a lot of people may not have seen the film. And so they might be wrongly assuming there must be something here that's so controversial it's that even really Twitter not. and Elon Musk are thinking that it should be censored. It's so important to impress that it's the exact opposite. I mean, this film is it's almost it's family friendly. I and mean, it, it's it's literally Matt walking around asking this one question, which also happens to be the title of the film. What is a woman? 
and seeing people go into a mental spiral unable to answer this question. Exactly. And that's why it's so powerful because he's not being pushy. He's not throwing any flames. He's asking people that are, are doctors and people that have degrees hanging on their walls a very simple question that somehow they can't answer. And I think it's it's an embarrassing film for the education system. Without question, the American education system walks away embarrassed. The left walks away embarrassed because it really exposes um, that their ideology has nothing to stand on. No, And exactly. so I, I do want to say that because people are listening to this. There, there is no controversy here, which is why it's so stunning that Elon Musk, who I think we have all applauded as this champion of free speech on our various platforms, you know, irrespective of, of anybody's personal views about Elon professionally, what he did was huge in, in buying Twitter. And it, it, we thought, you know, saved speech in America in many ways. And so, yes, it does require an answer. I'm, I, I think we should not be quick to judgment. Obviously, corporations get big, people can make mistakes. And I'm hopeful that this was in fact a mistake. But obviously, from where we're sitting, it doesn't, it doesn't look like that. No. Yeah, that's right. I completely agree. Michael Knowles, 20 to 30 people of the 23,000 people who are listening care what you have to say on any given topic. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm not one of them. I know Ben Shapiro will actually try to mute you. We've not given him that technological ability. But you made <laughs> Poor Michael. Uh, you, you take a somewhat different view of freedom of speech than some of the rest of us. Uh, your, your tweet today was maybe that free speech isn't actually the thing we're after, but at a minimum, the, the power to say true things is what we're after. I, I was hoping maybe you'd expand on that a little bit. Happily. And thank you for that very kind introduction, Jeremy, <laughs> as always. You know, it, we were promised that twi new Twitter was going to be the free speech platform, and that would be really nice given all the censorship, especially against conservatives. But people have different views of free speech. There have been all sorts of debates about free speech going back not just 50 years, but 200 years, 300 years. And so, so it would be bad enough if this were just the suppression of free speech. But it's actually worse. What we're, what we're being told now is not just that we can't say whatever we want to say whenever we want to say it. We're being told that we can't tell the truth. We're being told that we can't utter one of the most basic truths that there is. Namely, that a woman is a woman, that a woman is the sort of person who isn't a man, <laughs> one of the most basic aspects of human nature and human society. So if, if we're not allowed to say that, if we're not allowed to acknowledge basic truths on the free speech platform or in society generally, then what are we doing? <laughs> then, then we don't have self-government. We don't bid some mean, cruel, you know, sort of series of invectives and insults against trans identifying people. I, I see how the, there would be more of a debate to try to censor it or whatever. I obviously still don't think it, it should be then. But as Matt says, it's asking a basic question that we're not, not only are we not allowed to answer it today, we're not even allowed to ask it, even on the most free speech tech platform. Well, what does that mean for the public square? Exactly. I think we keep coming my back point. to this idea that the, the film actually isn't that controversial. I obviously don't think that there's anything controversial about the issue itself. I think that if you got every person who voted for Joe Biden for president in 2020 and gave them a secret ballot where they would never, no one would ever know what they said, and you just said, you know, what is a man? What is a woman? Should men be able to compete in women's sports? I don't think you would find that there are 50 people in the country who believe any of this nonsense. The controversy exactly. is this sort of social delusion. And the way I see social delusion is it requires the social and the delusion. If you take away the social and go to the individual, the delusion won't continue to exist, right? It's, yeah. it's a delusion that requires everyone in order to enforce it. 
So we do live in this very peculiar moment whereby, I suppose by allowing Matt to even ask the question, almost like the Emperor's New Clothes, the entire jig uh, might find itself up. Drew, you've been privy to every public controversy of the last three to 700 years. <laughs> uh, they always lived do in societies like undoubtedly that had no concept of free speech. Uh, I like to give Drew a hard time. I only have one joke, though, about Drew, and that's that he's older than the rest of us. I. I always try to come up with something else. I come up with nothing. He's nicer than any of us. He's had a long and successful career. Oh, he's uh, actually he's very thoughtful. He's nice read stuff. all the books. So, but basically, all I've got, Drew, is that you're very, very, very old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that uh, Jordan has joined us because I used to be as old as all of you put together, but now I think he's pushed it over the uh, <laughs> over the line. Uh, but, but you know what's ironic? First of all, Matt, congratulations! This is a tremendous accomplishment, yes. and we all recognize it the minute we saw the film, and uh, it has held up. The ironic thing to me is the movie is about language. What is a woman? And it hits at the exact weak spot of the left on this subject. Those of us who care about the truth care very deeply about language because it's a rude and the only tool. It's a rude and delicate tool, but it's the only tool we have for communicating uh, truth to one another. And what essentially the left has done has redefined uh, morality itself, but especially the terms of politeness. Uh, it's hate speech to disagree with them. It's hate speech to mm. say what everybody knows, a man is not a woman, a daughter is a she. It, it, that is constitutes hate speech. So all that you have to do basically is say that we're being rude and cruel. And none of us wants to be rude and cruel. We all, I mean, except Knowles, but none of us uh, you know, really wants to be rude and cruel. We want to be decent people and all get along, but they make it impossible. So it is this Orwellian situation where they simply define us out of existence. And I'm sad, I, 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 with the rest of you, I don't want to uh, jump to conclusions, but I'm sad if, if Elon Musk, the kind of the last person not to buy in to what is essentially a, a three-card Monty trick, uh, has now bought into it. There's literally nothing hateful about this film. It deals with the fact that we are having an argument about being, about reality. Uh, if we cannot use the pronouns that reflect the world as we see it, we can't express the world as we see it. We can almost not think about the world as we see it. And we know that that's ultimately uh, the purpose. And so I, I, I hope this is overcome because I think it's just incredibly important for the system to be dismantled so yep. that we remember that we have to discuss these things. They're so important. And as uh, you know, the film points out, children's lives are literally at stake. And it, it yeah. really is a sad thing if they don't, if Twitter does not correct this. I completely ultimately, agree. I think the entire transhumanist experiment is doomed to fail because what they believe is fundamentally wrong. Right, whatever can't be won't be. They they believe at the end of this that we're that we are software and sort of a meat sack, but we're not software, and therefore yeah. you know maybe one day we can be uploaded to a better body or to uh, you know to the cloud. But we're not software operating in a, in a meat sack hardware. We're actually we're actually a transcendent being, right? We're the intersection of the substantive and the ethereal. That's what human beings are. For example, if you were to uh, upload someone. To the cloud, like if you upload, you know, my wife to the cloud and she never goes through menopause. Well, then what is she without the the actual hormones that impact who she is? Yeah. The hormones that we all know can change someone's personality, the things that cause you joy, the sensory perception that causes you joy or causes you pain. Then you're actually not who you are. You know, you aren't actually operating uh, as a human being. And so for that reason, you know, Michael, you and I were talking about this at dinner last night, but I think their entire operation is doomed to fail. The problem is how much suffering can take place between now and it all collapsing. 
mean, you know, the 20th century should teach us that you can go through it. You can take 100 million people through a century of darkness, essentially, before a bad idea runs its course. Dr. Peterson, you've probably thought about those issues more than any of us on the call. And, and I wonder what you see as the end game of all of this. What is, what is the outcome of this entire transhumanist endeavor? Well, the end game, well, if the end game succeeded, there wouldn't be human beings anymore. There would be whatever the new machine human hybrid would be, the hive mind machine human hybrid. It wouldn't be human. We're defined yeah. in part by our limitations. And yeah. It's tricky because we're also always trying to transcend our limitations because some of them are relatively painful. Um, having said that, I'd like to say a few things about the, the issues at hand. There's two things that really disturb me about what's happening. The first is that we don't know what's happening. No. And that's like if we were being straightforwardly censored today and the, the decision was that this isn't going to be shown, well, then everyone would know what the hell was going on. We might be not happy about the outcome, but, but at least it would be clear. Yeah. What we have instead, and this is the most insidious element of the censorship, is that no one seems to know what's going on. And we have no idea what the impact of our words today will be or of Matt's film. There's exactly. invisible forces operating behind the scenes, right? It's, and it's no bloody wonder that conspiracy theories are being generated nonstop because there generally are, genuinely are invisible forces operating behind the scenes under no one's control. And then I think Andrew came closer than anyone else, probably because he's old, than to, <laughs> to, to put his finger True. on the other major problem that besets us here, which is that, you know, I think you could make the case, I really believe this, that there is no perceptual reality more fundamental than that of sex. Yeah. And the reason for that is that if you cannot reliably identify a member of the opposite sex, you can't reproduce. No. And sex is older than nervous systems, like it's hundreds of millions of years old. And we are now being told that our ability to perceive the difference in sex is, first of all, it's that, it's in, that we are required to develop the inability to perceive the differences in sex. And that really, that undermines everything, as far as I can tell, because it's the most fundamental perceptual reality. It, everything depends on that. It, and it's not like it's a belief. It's way deeper than that. It's, it's one of those axioms upon which all beliefs rest. And so I think part of the reason that Matt's film has caused such a disruption is because it actually points, not directly, but obliquely, and in an interesting way, to that exact problem. Yeah. And um, I think it was who mentioned today that we're not allowed to, to tell the truth. It's worse than that. It's not that we're allowed, not allowed to tell the truth. It's we're not allowed to perceive the truth. No, exactly. That's the problem. And the, our perceptions are the axioms of our communication. It's not that our communication is being shut down. It's that our perceptions themselves are being uh, suppressed, censored in a manner we don't understand and deemed immoral and unacceptable. And, you know, this reminds me in, in the story of the Tower of Babel, right? The Babylonians erect a technological enterprise. And they designed the technological enterprise to rival and replace God. And the consequence of that is that no one can communicate anymore. It's like, well, that's where we are. We all speak a different language. If we can't agree on what is a woman, exactly, then we can't, we can't agree about, see, or talk about anything at all. Nope. And then you might ask, well, what's the end game? And I would say the end game is that everybody descends into a pit of chaos. And that's actually the plan. 
you know, I, I, Brett Weinstein today tweeted out the idea that the radical leftists are so naive, they don't understand how dangerous the game that they're playing. They don't understand the danger of the game they're playing. And I would say the truly radical types um, not only understand the game they're playing, that they are aiming at that chaos. That's actually what they want. And you might say, well, that's pretty paranoid. It's like, well, not exactly. There's psychological research indicating now that you can't psychometrically distinguish malignant narcissism from left-wing authoritarianism. And that's a pretty damn rough discovery. And so these people who are running around parading their compassion, we care about everyone. It's like, oh, no, you don't. You are a power-hungry snake using compassion to mask your absolute desire for full tyranny and, and attention to yourself for unearned moral virtue. There is nothing compassionate about that at all. And one of the things I've really noticed about all the leftists I've talked to, and I mean all of them, is that they are absolutely unwilling to draw distinctions between themselves and maybe their genuine compassion and the true snakes that they harbor in their midst. So this is not good. And Matt, Matt really pointed to that in his film by, by merely asking the question and watching people flounder around painfully and letting them do so, um, trying to rationalize their inability to admit to the existence of the most fundamental of perceptual distinctions. It's no wonder, no, it's no wonder the people who are trying to do that are upset, you know, but it's really, so you think about that. The most fundamental perceptual reality is under assault. The fact that you can make that distinction automatically is now deemed immoral, and none of us understand the degree of censorship that surrounds what's happening. That's not good. Well, it is good if you want to produce chaos, because, man, that's chaos. Well, we have some news breaking right now in the last minute. Uh, according to Twitter Daily News and Fortune magazine, Ella Irwin, Twitter's head of trust and safety and one of Elon Musk's top lieutenants, is no longer in Twitter's internal Slack channel, according to a source uh -huh. familiar. And according to Twitter Daily News, Twitter's VP of Trust and Safety, Ella Irwin, has left the company. For clarification, the Trust and Safety uh, Committee at Twitter is exactly who made the decision uh, to throttle what is a woman tonight. So perhaps Elon really is over there making heads roll, even as we speak. There's one way that we can find out, and that's to actually bring you the free live stream of Matt's documentary, What is a Woman? We're going to do that right now and let all the 25,000 people who are a part of uh, this, 30,000 now people who are a part of our Twitter space tonight, uh, we're going to ask something of you that we would not ordinarily ask. And that's, we're very particularly going to ask you as soon as we begin streaming the movie to please share it. And we're asking you that because if indeed the film is immediately throttled, if indeed the film is immediate part of how they throttle it, is they remove the share button so that no one can do so. So we're going to ask you right now, help us get as many eyeballs on the film as possible by sharing it. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for uh, your interest in what we think is an incredibly important film and an incredibly important battle that almost transcends only the good of the film. Uh, and that's this battle for whether or not there will be a single alternative uh, in, the tw in the social media space that actually allows for the free exchange of ideas. So the Twitter spaces that the Daily Wire just launched just finished and it's very very exciting because they just released what is a woman for free for everybody to watch so if you do want to check that out it's going to be in the link down below but check it out really quick because you only have 12 hours from this being posted to check it out so with that being said hopefully by the time you guys actually get to watch what is a woman you have enough time to actually finish the movie because the movie is an hour and 35 minutes long but trust me it's going to be well worth the wait because what is a woman is very very exciting very very funny and there's a lot of moments in there that you're going to be laughing out loud crying out loud 
and shivering in your boots because you're like, what the heck just happened? So with that being said, I do really recommend checking out What is a Woman because this will open up all of your guys' eyes to exactly what's happening. And if you do want to check out the full Twitter Spaces, this Twitter Spaces event, you can check that out also in the link down below. It's a 41 minute, 47 second thing, but we watched it here on the channel so you don't actually have to do that yourself. So with that being said, that's going to round off this episode of the Demetrius River Joe Show. If you did enjoy this video and you do want to see more posted by me, go check out below because we do post every single sh Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thank you all for watching and I hope they have a great rest of your day. Bye.